everyone? How are we all doing? Good. Who, uh, <coughs> who had to find a new seat this morning? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I came in this morning and I'm going, hang on, where, where do I sit? <laughs> I'm usually there, but it's not there anymore. Um, it just, um, actually, just, just uh, as we were, we were worshipping just at the end there, right at the end, I just felt like there was someone here um, who really, really had a touch from God right at that end when, when after that last song, the team began to worship. Um, and I, I, uh, I, I feel like the Lord gave me this image where it's like your heart uh, it sort of had this, um, had this protective kind of protective layer over it. Like you'd, you'd put something up, you know, there was, there was, there was something that you just covered your heart with. And, and I felt as, as we began to worship there at the end, I just saw cracks began to appear in that, in that, in that shield, that, that cover that you'd put up over your heart. And I feel like whoever that is this morning, I just encourage you just to, just to, just to press into the Lord, press into Him more. You know, when you when you spend time at home, um, spend some time alone with the Lord. Just begin to press in. I just felt like just wanted to encourage you with that this morning, whoever that is. Uh, feel free to come up to me afterwards if you want if you want prayer. If that's you, happy to pray for you. But um, I thought I'd just share that. Right. Um, I hope uh, I hope we've been been encouraged and, and, and challenged over the last few weeks. We've been uh, on this, this, this journey, this topic of evangelism, and um, I'm believing this morning that the Lord is going to stir our hearts to, to, uh, to, to share the gospel. You know, evangelism is this, is, is this simple thing of just sharing the good news about Jesus. So I'm believing this morning that, uh, that, that the Lord's going to speak to us, going to stir your heart. Like Ben was saying, it's our, it's our vision to see, see our, our community transformed through the love and power of Jesus. And we need to share the good news of Jesus for that to happen. Amen. Um, this morning, what I want to do, I've got, I've got a few verses. If you've got your Bibles, get your Bibles out. We're going we're gonna to turn to a few verses this morning. And, um, and we'll, we'll probably pray at the end. And, and maybe if we've got some time, we'll, uh, we might uh, prophesy over some people, if that's all right. Why don't we pray before we start? Lord, we thank you that you're, you're here in this place with us this morning. And Lord, I just ask this morning that you would just speak to us. Whatever you want to say, whatever you want to do in this place, come and have your way. I pray, Lord, for, for, for miracles to, to break out in this place this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's go to uh, Matthew, Matthew 9, verse 35. We'll start there this morning. Matthew 9. Who went to the Ecker this week? You know what I mean to the Ecker? No? Okay. Just me? That's why I've got a bit of a runny nose and it's a bit sick. No. <laughs> yes. I should, have, uh, I should have bookmarked this. Let me find it. Who's there already? Matthew 9. All right. Matthew 9, uh, let's go verse 35. It says, Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of the area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them 
because they were confused and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. He said to his disciples, The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into his fields. Who here knows at least one person who needs Jesus? Hands up if you know at least one person who, who, who needs to experience the, uh, the, the life-changing power of, gospel, of the gospel. Hands up really high. Let's have a look. Church, take, take a look around. This is the harvest. This is the harvest that Jesus is talking about. The harvest is great. The harvest is great. You know, I don't, um, I don't know a lot about farming. Um, I don't know a lot about the harvest. I, I did a little bit of research into, into the harvest and, and what it means and how it works. And, you know, the, the, the harvest is actually a season. It's a season, which means there's actually a, there's a start and a finish time to the harvest. And so, you know, the, the, the farmers, they, they go out and they, and they plant their, their, their seeds and they, uh, they, they look after their, their, their crops throughout the year. You know, they're watering them and doing, I don't know, whatever, whatever it is that they do to look after them and they grow. And then, and then comes the time when the crop is, is ready to be harvested. It's ready, it's ripe. And so you actually have, that, that's the time when the harvest starts. And what's interesting is that there's actually only a really, uh, a really short window of time for you to actually bring in the harvest. And, you know, we, we actually see this, um, you know, if, you, if you've ever seen a farm and most of the year there's only like one or two people working on the farm. That the farmer's there, maybe he's got his tractor and then all of a sudden you've got harvest time and there's a huge influx of people because they've got this, this, this short window of time where they've got to then go and bring in all the, all the crops. Otherwise, what happens is, you know, if you don't, if you don't bring them in in that season when they're, when they're ripe, what happens? It, go, it goes off. They, you know, the, the fruit will begin to fall off the trees or it goes rotten and it, it's, it's no good anymore. And, you know, so there's, the harvest is actually the season that's, that's actually quite an, uh, a narrow window of time where we've got to be able to bring in the harvest. And, you know, I, I, I actually see this um, when, I, when, when you travel out to Bribey Island, if you have a look, you know, when you head out there, there's those strawberry farms. And, and I drive past there almost every day. And 90% of the year, there's like no one there. You know, you might see one, one, one person, one or two people out there on those, on those farms uh, looking after the crop and then all of a sudden one day you drive past and then there's hundreds of people hundreds of people because the harvest is ready and there's a short window of time where we've got to, that they've got to bring in that harvest before it goes off and so you know it's it's interesting that that Jesus uh, uses this this term this agricultural term of a harvest there's you know he's he, He's, he's telling us, you know, there's, this, there's a sense of urgency with what we need to do. There's this short window of time. It's, you know, the, the harvest is this short window of time where we've, we've got to go out and, and bring in the harvest. How many know that we are in that season right now? Yeah? We are in that that the harvest season right now. 
who who believes that? And uh, it is the it's it's the season now for it's the season for for people to be reconciled back to the Father. It's the season for for sharing the gospel. It's the season for evangelizing, for sharing our faith, and it's the, it's the season for for people to to uh, to to be introduced to Jesus. That's the season we're in. It's the harvest season. And how many know that that we are we are all called to evangelize. We are all called to evangelize. It's not it's not something that only a select few of us are supposed to do. <laughs> you know, in um, in 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 Ephesians chapter four. Um, in, in Ephesians, that uh, Paul writes about the the gifts that Christ gives to the church. I, I think um, someone was sharing about this a couple of weeks ago. And um, you know, there's the, there's the, there's those the the five gifts that Christ gives to the church. We we call it the fivefold ministry. And one of those gifts is the gift of evangelism. And so sometimes what we can think is, well, you know, I don't have that gift. So evangelism is not for me. That's, that's for someone else. There are other people in our church that have got that gift. Uh, and, and so, well, I'll leave evangelism to them and, you know, I'll, I'll do my thing. But that's, that's not the case. These, these gifts were for, were, were for the church, right? And the purpose of these gifts was to, was to, to, to do what? Equip, equip the saints for the work of the ministry, Yeah. So the purpose of these gifts, when, when, when Christ gave the, the, the gift of an evangelist, someone who, um, someone who works in the office of an evangelist, the purpose of that gift was so that the rest of us could actually be equipped to go out and evangelize. So, so we are all called. We are all called to evangelize. We're all called to share the good news of Jesus. Amen. There's actually a couple of things that um, a couple of things you can learn from 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 that uh, that scripture in, in, in Ephesians chapter four, and uh, I wasn't going to read it today. You can you can have a look through yourself, but um, the first thing is that the first thing we need to understand is that these these are gifts, right? The gift of it, of, of of evangelism, the gift of an evangelist is a gift. That means that you don't earn it. We don't earn it, we actually ask for it. We can ask for the gift of evangelism. And, you know, it's not... The, the, the gift of, of evangelism is not, a, it's not a reflection of your ability to do that work. You know, uh, how often we probably have this idea about what an evangelist is. And I don't know about you, but if, if you were to ask me to describe someone who's an evangelist, you're probably going to say something like, someone who's really outgoing, right? Anybody think the same? Someone, maybe someone that, that the personality, you know, that they're, they're an extrovert. Someone who likes to go and talk to people. And, and these are the kind of things that we would typically go and describe as someone who's an evangelist. Anybody else? Or is it just me? But, but, what we're saying here is you can have the gift of an evangelist. You can have that gift, but it doesn't matter 
It doesn't matter what you're like. It doesn't matter about your personality. The gift is not a reflection of your personality or, or anything like that. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. And so, you know, we can actually ask for the gift. The other thing that's interesting about this, this passage in, in Ephesians, the purpose of these gifts is to equip the, uh, equip the saints of the work of the ministry, uh, to equip us. And so the implication of that is that we actually need equipping. So, you know, it, it's okay if you feel like this whole evangelism thing uh, is, is a little bit scary. It's a little bit uncomfortable. I'm not quite sure. I don't, I don't know how to do it. I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm a little bit scared about it. It's okay if you feel that way because Jesus is he's, he's giving these gifts to the church for us to be equipped. Does that make sense? And, you know, I would, I would so encourage you, if you're, if you're one of those people, and it's probably most of us, I, I, this is me uh, included in this, who's a little bit, you know, you're a, a little bit afraid to evangelize. It's a little bit scary. I would, I would so encourage you, go and have, have a chat with someone like Josh. Josh heads up our evangelism team. Go and, go and get around people. I'm sure he'll, he'll, he can point you to some people as well. Go and get around people who operate in this space. Go and get around some people who actually uh, have this gift. It'll, it'll actually rub off on you, right? It, it, it will rub off on you. And, and so you're actually able to be equipped through, through this time that you just spend with other people. The one thing, the one thing that we cannot do we just cannot say evangelism is not for me. We just we just don't have the we don't have the luxury. We we don't have the time. We don't we, we can't say someone else is going to do it. I mean, just earlier when we all put up our hands to say we know someone, we know someone who needs the gospel, we know someone who needs Jesus. It's it's you know our, our vision transforming our community. That, that responsibility falls on us. We can't say someone else is going to do it. We just don't have that, uh, we don't have that luxury. Why don't we go to Mark chapter 16? Mark 16 verse 15. Mark 16 verse 15. Uh, right at the end, right at the end here of, of, of the book of Mark, and so Jesus has um, he's just been raised back from the dead, and he's he's gone off to see his disciples, and he's and, he, and this is what he shares with them before he um, ascends back into heaven. Verse fifteen, and then he told them, "Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned." These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name and they will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety and if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. Jesus actually commissions his, Jesus commissions his disciples. Right? He, gives them, he gives them a mission. He gives them an, an assignment 
right before he, he goes back to heaven, he gives him this assignment to preach the gospel to, to all the world. It's the same assignment that he's giving us. The assignment for us is to evangelize. That's the assignment. It's to share the good news of Jesus. You know, we actually have this incredible, uh, incredible privilege where we actually get to partner with God. We, we get to, um, the Bible calls it co-labor. We get to co-labor with Christ to actually see this, this plan fulfilled. We have this, it's, it's an incredible privilege where, where we get to actually work with God. And, you know, he could actually, he could actually at, at any time come in and, uh, for example, speak from heaven in an audible voice and, and just share to everyone who he is and who Jesus is and what he's done. He could do a million other things to reveal the good news to the world. But instead, him, in, in, in all his wisdom, decided that he would give that responsibility to us. He would give the, the responsibility, he would entrust us to, to share with the world the good news of Jesus. What, a, what an incredible privilege it is. Where we get to actually share that and, and, and be a part of that good news of what Jesus has done. We get to share about the fact that you can have your, your sins forgiven. You can have a, a fresh start. And, and, and that's amazing. And I don't know about you, but you know, I've, I've had the privilege to be able to, to be a part of, of, of people's journey over the years where they've come and, and made those decisions to follow Jesus. And let me tell you, there is nothing else like it. There is nothing like it when you get the opportunity to, to actually share with someone the gospel and bring them into a relationship with God. That, that, that time where you, where you partner with God in that journey is amazing. And you know, the, the gospel and, 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 and evangelizing, it's, uh, it's actually not that complicated. <laughs> it's not that complicated. I, I, um, I was listening to uh, Esteban San, San Martin, who was here a few weeks ago listening to the podcast, and, and he was talking about this, that how we often, um, we often overcomplicate things. And, you know, evangelism can, can, can be one of those things that we tend to overcomplicate because it's something significant. We, we have this, uh, this, this, this bias where we tend to, anything that's significant, we, we assume it must be complicated. But it's just not the case. And um, the reality is that evangelism, you know, we can, we, we, we can have these, these amazing events and these, these, um, these great programs and, and, and I'm not against those things. I think they're fantastic. They, they absolutely work. But, but evangelism really is simply just sharing the good news of Jesus. It's actually quite simple. What has Jesus done for you? What, what has he done for you? Share that with someone. And that, that, that's evangelism. I think, you know, one, one of the... Um, one of, one of the common questions that, that get asked around, around the topic of evangelism is, how do I actually evangelize? What do I have to do? And I think that this, this question comes back to this, 
this thing about us losing this, the simplicity of what we're actually called to do. We've, we've overcomplicated it. We go back to, to what Jesus did and how, 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 how simple the thing is that he's called us to do. Back in, in Mark chapter 16 there, preach the gospel. Simply sharing the good news about what Jesus has done. Um, You know, like, like I was saying, we, we, we have this tendency to, uh, to, to over, overcomplicate things. If, if it's something that we, that we assume is significant or something that's significant for us, then, then we, we tend to think the, the solution to that or the answer to that problem has to be complex. Um, and it's, it was interesting, there's this um, story back in, the, back in the 1700s, some of you might have heard this before, a man named James Lind, he actually... Uh, discovered the cure for scurvy. Anyone familiar with the sto- with this story? He discovered the cure for scurvy and, and uh, basically no one actually believed him because his cure was just too simple. It was just too simple. And so you've got this, 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 this period of time back in the 1700s where thousands and thousands of, of, of sailors were actually dying from this disease. And, and so he... He did some trials and um, and he was testing out a few different things because you know at at that time they were uh, they were trying all sorts of weird and crazy things to try and come up with a with a cure for this disease, you know mixing all these different things together and trying all these things. Um, I think one of them was like eating rats or something like that. Like all these all these crazy different things they were doing to come up with a with a solution to to cure this disease. And he um, he he did some trials of his own. And he found that giving, giving the sailors, a, uh, I think it was a lemon and an orange. And all they did was had a lemon and an orange and that was it. And that cured him. And it cured it. And he actually, he actually published these, these, these results. Um, he published his findings. And no one believed him. And it was actually over 40 years later. Imagine that. 40 years of having the cure but people continued to still die because they didn't believe it. And, um, you know, they, they say that the, the, um, the, the, the Navy, the reason the Navy didn't, uh, didn't implement these, the, these findings that he'd that it made was because the document that he wrote them on was only four pages long. <laughs> he, he'd come up with, this, with, with the cure for this disease and he'd, and he'd written it all and it was four pages long and they just obviously thought that's not enough. It cannot be that simple. And obviously we know today that you know, it's, just, it's just vitamin C. We, 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 we have this tendency to think that something significant has to be complicated. It's just not true. Evangelism is actually quite simple. And you know, Jesus actually modeled this for us. Jesus modeled this uh, this this simple lifestyle of evangelism, and if we go to uh, Matthew chapter four, let's have a look. Verse um, verse twenty three. Uh, Matthew four verse twenty three. Jesus travelled throughout the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. 
News about him spread as far as Syria, and the people soon began bringing to him all who were sick, and whatever their sickness or disease, uh, or if they were demon-possessed or paralyzed, he healed them all. When I, when I go back through the scriptures and, and look at how Jesus modeled evangelism, this is what I find all through the scripture. Everywhere Jesus went, he shared the gospel. That was it. There's, there's nothing complicated. There's no, there's no sort of secret thing about it. He just shared the good news. Everywhere he went, no matter, no matter where he was, no matter who was around him, no matter the situation, he just boldly declared the good news of the gospel. And this is, you know, this is, the, this is the role model for us. Jesus is, is the standard this is the, the standard that, that we actually need to be looking at of how, how we evangelize. Um, you know, uh, actually, it was, it was quite a few years ago now, uh, back at my, my previous church that I was in, I think I might have been about uh, maybe about 12 years old. And at the time, uh, the church was expanding, and we were actually building some, some new walls within our building. And it was, it was quite a big, big wall. It was probably about maybe 20, 30 meters long. And um, and I, and I was there helping them, helping the guys build this wall. <clears throat> and so we're we're at the stage where we're putting up the framing. And so if you can imagine, uh, you, you've got these these vertical uh, pieces of timber that go along, and then in between these these vertical pieces of timber, you've got these smaller uh, smaller pieces that go horizontal. Who knows what I'm talking about? And so and so. They, they were there cutting up the timber for this for this uh, framing for the wall, and and I'm there helping, and I obviously wanted to use the uh, the the drop saw. Everyone knows what a drop saw is—the big the big loud thing, you know. Yep, cut that cut the timber up, and um and I I wanted to have a go at that, and so they they gave me the task of cutting up all of these small little pieces of wood to go in the horizontal parts of the the frame. And so it was, it was a really big, long wall, so there's, we, need, we needed lots of these pieces. So I, um, I, I set up my, my, my saw, and I put the first piece of wood down, getting ready to cut. I took my measuring tape. I measured out the, the, uh, the right measurement. Obviously, we wanted to have all these pieces the same. So I measured it out. I'd mark off on the piece of wood where I needed to cut, and then I'd make my cut. And so now I've got one piece of wood that's the right length. I then take that piece of wood and I set it on top of the other and then I mark it off. And now I've marked off my second piece. And then I put that piece that I've already cut aside into the, into the pile of completed pieces ready to be you know, nailed into the wall. And then I go ahead and cut the, cut the next one. Then I take that newly cut piece that I've got and I put that on top of the wood again and mark it off. I can see some people are starting to laugh because they know what's going on. <laughs> and then I put that piece aside in the pile of completed ones and then I cut, make my cut and I continue on doing this for a while. And, and then the, 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 the guys that were there building the wall, they, they begin to use these pieces that I'd cut. They begin to put them into the wall and start nailing them in. And it wasn't long after when they said, hang on, something's wrong. Hayden, these, these pieces are not all the same length. <laughs> See, 
if I, what's happening is every time I cut a piece, I'm, I'm marking it just a little bit longer, like basically the, the pencil width. And then I'm putting that, that piece aside and then I'm getting a new one, which is a little bit longer and, and I continue. And over time, my piece of wood gets longer and longer and longer and longer and longer. And so the thing is, you know, we, if we're going to measure against something, if we're going to use a, a measurement, we've got to use the one piece. It's got to be the same piece. And so, you know, Jesus is, is the standard. He's the one that we measure against. When it comes to evangelism, it's, it's Jesus is the standard. We cannot, you know, we, we cannot look to other people. There's, there's great evangelists out there. Um, that's fantastic, but, but that's not the standard. That's not what we're, we're called to do. We can't, we can't look at previous generations even though the, 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 there may have been great things done in the past, the standard that we need to measure against is Jesus. And this is what Jesus did. Everywhere he went, he, he shared the good news. Everywhere he went, he would boldly declare that the kingdom of God is here. Everywhere he went, you know, it didn't matter who he, who he was with. He never, he, never, uh, he never watered down his message to suit those around him. He never changed the message to, to fit in with the culture that he was in. He would boldly declare, this is the truth. And that's what we're called to do as well. There's, there's, there's something, something so powerful about just boldly declaring the gospel. There's something powerful about it. And when we read in the scriptures about people who boldly declare the gospel, what we find is something follows that, that bold declaration. What is it? Signs and wonders, miracles, all these things happen when we boldly declare the gospel. Let's have a look at um, Acts, Acts chapter 4, um, verse 13. Peter and um, P- Peter and John have have just um, gone before the the, the council the, the re- of religious leaders, and they have boldly declared, boldly preached in front of this this, this council, and and this is what it says in verse uh, verse thirteen. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were. They were just ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized these men. Sorry, they also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. I find this so fascinating. Peter and John get up in, in front of the, the, the religious leaders and they boldly declare the gospel. And it says that the, the religious leaders, that the, the council recognize, they recognize their boldness. And the conclusion that they come to is that these men must have been with Jesus. That's the conclusion they come to. Something, something happens when we boldly declare the gospel. And that's people recognize Jesus. People recognize Jesus. You know, if you've ever thought 
uh, if you've ever thought evangelism is not for me, I'm, uh, I don't have the right personality. I don't, uh, you know, I'm not one of those kind of outgoing people. Uh, you know, I'm, uh, evangelism is just not that, you know, it's not my strength. If you've, ever, if you've ever thought anything like that, this scripture's for you. Because, you know, what happens when, when we actually come into this place where it's not about how good we are, but all we do is we step out in faith, we're bold and we declare the gospel, and Jesus gets the glory. Jesus gets the glory. I might, um, I might just ask the, uh, the team to come up if they can. We're almost out of time. Let me just finish with this, um, with this, last, this last thought and then uh, we might pray for some people. Romans, uh, Romans 10 verse 13, if you can turn there. People actually need, people need to hear the gospel. Right? We actually have to hear it. We're familiar with the scripture, faith comes by hearing. Who's familiar with that, with that scripture? Faith comes by healing. Yeah, the context of that scripture is actually evangelism. Who remembers when they, when they first heard the good news? Who remembers first hearing about this, this man named Jesus. We actually have to hear the gospel. Romans 10 verse 13. Team, we might just do that last song if we can uh, in a moment. Thanks. Uh, sorry, Romans 10 verse 13 says... For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, How beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. Jump down to verse 17. So faith comes from hearing. That is hearing the good news about Christ. If we're wanting to see, if we're wanting to see people uh, meet Jesus, if we're wanting to see our community come to know him, we actually have to share the gospel. We've got to, we've got to speak it out. We're going to follow Jesus' example of everywhere he went. He shared the gospel. We owe our community. We owe our community the opportunity to hear the good news. All those people that, that we were thinking of earlier today when we raised our hand, they may not have anyone else who can share that gospel with them. We are called to evangelize. We are called to share the good news of Jesus. Amen. Why don't, we just, uh, why don't we just close our eyes for a moment?
Lord, I thank you that you've, that you've called us. Lord, I thank you that you've chosen us to partner with you in this, in this purpose of, of seeing our community saved. We thank you for the opportunity we have to co-labor with you. The opportunity we have to, to share the good news with our community. And Lord, I just pray, I pray for boldness in us, Lord. I pray that we would follow Jesus' example of everywhere we go, we would simply share the good news about Jesus. This morning, if you're in this place and you've never, you've never given your life to Jesus, you've never experienced what it's like to be free, you've never experienced what it's like to have a fresh start, to have your sins forgiven, to have eternal life. If you've never had that opportunity today, you, you say, yeah, I, I want that. Can I just ask you to raise your hand this morning? I'm just going to pray for you. If you're in this place this morning and you just, you're just wanting a, a, a deeper, more intimate relationship with, with the Father. If you're in this place and you want you want to go back to what it was like the day you first met Jesus. Can you just raise your hand as well? I want to pray for you too. Thank you, Lord. See those hands. Lord, I thank you for the work you're doing in this place. Lord, I thank you that you would just begin to break down walls in our hearts. Lord, draw us into a more intimate relationship with you. Lord, stir up a hunger in our heart for, for you. We're going um, to just, just finish up with a, with a song just before we do, is there, is there anyone here this morning, I just feel like uh, someone here this morning who is looking for work at the moment, someone needing a job. Yeah, awesome. Just want to pray for you in a moment. I feel the Lord wants to, just, wants to provide this week. Anyone else? Anyone else looking for work at the moment? Is, is there someone here this morning? Um, I just, uh, I, I feel like the Lord's saying the 13th of March. Is that, a, is that a date that means anything to anyone? 13th of March. Is it something happened on that day? I don't know, maybe a birthday, anniversary or something? No. I'll, I'll share what I feel the Lord's saying anyway in case it is someone. I just feel like he's saying, uh, he's, he's bringing you into a season um, of, of restoration of relationships. I feel like there's relationships uh, currently in your life that are, uh, that, uh, that are a bit dysfunctional. I feel like the Lord's bringing restoration into that right now. So Lord, I just release that. I release that word. In Jesus' name.
So this is this is a little bit a little bit strange. Is, is, is there is there uh, single single people here who are looking looking to get married? Yeah, a couple of hands going up. <laughs> single people looking to get married. Can you just raise your hands again? Have a look around. See, no, I'm just. Gonna... <laughs> I just feel like the Lord's saying, I'm, if, you want, if you want someone, he's going to provide. Don't worry about it. So Lord, I just pray. I just pray, Lord, a blessing all those people who raised their hands this morning. Lord, you would come and do a work in their life. Lord, you are the provider. You are the, the protector. Lord, we look to you for everything. And Lord, I thank you for all these people. I just pray a blessing on them right now in Jesus' name. Amen.